Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. It's a lot of stubbornness, but it's also just a lot of knowing that these things take time, right? I think there's a ton of stuff out there that's, you hear about these companies that are so, grew so fast, are so big, but you never, you didn't actually see the first 10 years. Right. You think you did, but you didn't. And so the stubbornness for me, it's same with you, right? I'm just too stubborn. I don't want to, I don't want to just give up. I don't want to go work for somebody else. Really, most importantly, though, I, I don't want to look back and be like, shit, did you give up just to give up? Welcome to growth mode. How do you keep your mental games in check? Through the roller coaster of running a damn business. Yeah, so it's funny because as you were doing the, that intro of talking about it, I was like, yeah, don't forget also somebody that you could vent to. Which which means bitch and moan to because... Yeah, it's, it's constant, right? You talk about one minute, you're doing one thing, and then the next minute you're, you're saying, why did I do this? And that happens all the time. I, I think it's both having support internally, meaning like your family. Like that's obviously hugely important to have somebody that you can at the end of the day be like, I'm struggling mentally, right? Not a don't quit behind me because my wife gave that to me for just a gift one day because I was just going off the wall. And like, <laughs> so she was just like the next day, like, here you go. So having that and then also having people like yourself and, and other owners that you can be honest with and communicate with. These are true struggles that I'm going with. Help me understand them. Am I thinking about this correctly or am I being like totally idiotic about it? So I think the roller coaster is navigating all of those things. And then honestly, for me, it's, and some people would disagree with this, but it is, it's also taking breaks when needed. Yeah, for sure. Your body just can't run forever. Your brain can't run forever. Occasionally you just got to shut it down and be like, all right, I'm going to go do something that isn't work related. And it's okay to do that. And I think people are like, I can't stop ever because I have to, it has to be hundred percent of the time. It's, it doesn't, it does, but it doesn't. No, I, I'm with you. And trust me, getting out from behind this desk and just going to walk to farm does a freaking tremendous amount just to clear the head as I'm going along. And I've found that I get more value talking to people that aren't necessarily trying to do some of the things that I'm trying to do. You just get a different damn perspective from the things that they're working on and things they're trying. And I more often than not get around guys like you that are doing a lot of things on the automation front, out front for clients. I hear all the things you're going through in your business. I'm like, oh, shit, I can apply that here in my business, which is a cool thing 
to do. But going back even to your wife, dude, if, if my wife wasn't my rock, she's also my Jiminy Cricket. She's also my ball buster. She's also because she knows the inner workings. I got to sometimes be careful about what I tell her because she'll call me on my shit. Yeah. Like, you just going to bitch and moan all day or what are we doing here? Yeah, sure. I get the same thing. So I think it's part of the course. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been in business now? I don't think I remember. So 2018 started digital agency and then Maverick was started in 2019. Right around the, cause I, I started in 2017. So we're right on the right same path. And I think yep. what people don't understand is there's all those statistics out there. Businesses make it to five years, 80% don't make it that long, blah, 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 blah. I think one of the key things that I'll speak for myself is, and I tell, don't mind telling people, I've just been too dumb to quit. I just, I, I don't want the idea of going back and working for somebody else ever to be a thing. I don't want the somebody else ever to have to tell me what to do type of stuff. So you just one foot in front of the other and keep plugging. Yeah, it's just a stubbornness, I think. And, and yeah, there are those metrics. I think it's 90% of businesses fail in five years or something. And for me, it's a lot of stubbornness, but it's also just a lot of knowing that these things take time, right? I think there's a ton of stuff out there that's, you hear about these companies that are so, grew so fast, are so big, whatever. You never, you didn't actually see the first 10 years of that. Right. You think you did, but you didn't. And so the stubbornness for me, it's same with you, right? I'm just too stubborn. I don't want to, I don't want to just give up. I don't want to go work for somebody else. Really, most importantly, though, I, I don't want to look back and be like, shit, did you give up just to give up? I've said to my wife before, like, I'm, I think I'm done, like, whatever. She's, are you giving up because it's hard or are you giving up because it's time to give up? And that put her protect for me because I was like, that's yeah, a real question, I'm, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that was really kicking the box. So I was like, you're right. I'm talking about giving up because it's hard right now. And it's a lot easier to just give up than to power through it. Yeah. Okay. I think we get in the weeds, right? It's almost, unfortunately, we get these blinders on and we're so focused on one direction and we create minutia, not growth. Because we're fighting fires, we're trying to contemplate through. And I even go back to planning the summit right now. As we were coming up to the wire, I never brought my brother and Keith in is any portion of planning the summit. And so he was on this last meeting. He's, dude, you realize that I've done like 700 conferences over my 27 years. And you never once came and said, hey, you want to help with this damn thing? It's just you, you hear those things in the back end. You're like, no shit. Why the hell didn't I say something to him earlier? And I think you just get caught in that minutia of things. And I, I think in that moment, I was, yeah, the stress was getting on me of putting the stuff together. And I didn't want to put that stress on anybody else. My head, I'm protecting somebody else from being stressed out at night. And all I'm doing is making my life more damn stressful. Yeah, it's it's so true. And you're just like the burden, right? Well, I don't want to put the burden on you, but it's not me. Like, you're just asking for help, right? And right. I, I, I did the same shit. Or just like, well, why didn't you ask? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to put that on you. I don't want to. <laughs> put that heaviness on your shoulders like it's already on mine like i'll just bear brunt of it and at the end of the day it just makes things worse 100 percent. and i don't even think it's an ego thing it's more you just don't want to make them feel sometimes as shitty as you feel with all the stuff that you're like god this sucks at the moment i don't want to give that suck to somebody else and sometimes they're sitting in the wings and they're like dude give it to me it won't suck as bad for me because I've already done this kind of shit before, but we, I don't always think in that particular direction. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, you're right. It's not an ego thing. It is just putting the suck on somebody like you don't yeah. want to put 
Suck like you almost, it's almost like rather your abilities or rather you concentrate on different areas. But at the same time, to, to your brother's point, I have a ton of experience in this stuff. So you know, <laughs> maybe it would have been gone faster and easier had I been lived in. Yeah, well, hindsight's twenty twenty two, right? And then you bring staff into the mix of it, right? Staff are a blessing and a fucking nightmare all in the same token. Yo, you're in a position where you're like, man, motherfucker, why don't they see the same vision as I do all the time? Why aren't they putting it? And then I have to remind myself, I'm like, dude, nobody's going to work as hard as I work. Nobody's going to freaking put in the time like I put in. They, they all have their own lives, their own world. And I can't put that on them. And it's something I have to quite honestly remind myself often. It's not the easiest thing to do. But I'm sure you do it really easy. Yeah, super easy. Yes. <laughs> no, I do not in any capacity. It's very, it's it's very difficult to think about that because you're right. You don't. Nobody sees your vision the way that you see it. Nobody understands the way. You're, nobody's going to be as passionate. Even in sound, like sales, it's, uh, sometimes I'm like, why isn't when I get on the phone, I sell and I do these things. People are nobody's ever going to sell it the same way. Right? You have the vision in your head as you're talking about it, totally different than somebody who, who wasn't part of growing this or developing it or designing. But it's hard to it's hard to get staff on that page because you want them to grind the same way, right? Like you want them to be as passionate about it. But the reality is there that the expectation shouldn't be that they're as passionate about it. That said, you do want people who are still passionate about your the growth of the business, right? Yeah, like, hundred percent. Especially in a startup, anyone that's coming in just for a job is probably not a good fit. You need somebody who wants to passionately help an organization grow and make it bigger. And, and that can be hard when you're bringing people on because, one, you've got to be able to articulate the, the vision of where you're going. And I think early stages of the business, there's a lot of ideas of where you're going, maybe the overall vision of what you're doing, but the, there's so many moving parts and you learn things so fast that with the first direction you thought you were going end up not being the direction you end up going. Sometimes, and this has happened to me twice now, I've changed what I thought the vision was and come back to what I originally set the vision to yeah. because you're like, oh, this is the direction to go. And now yeah. I find yourself, I'm like, Jesus. Sometimes you don't know until you, you try it and you're like, oh, shit, okay, that didn't work out at all. And But when you make the move in your head, you're like, oh, dude, this is the one, right? This is going to be the right direction. This is the right thing. This is what I should be doing. And then all of a sudden you find yourself, you're like, fuck, no shit, that didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Donnie Bovine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, Visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com, and I look forward to seeing you there. For a lot of people as they're building their businesses, man, you and I, we run similar size companies, similar size staff and the like, and it's everybody's overworked, right? There's way too much work for the amount of people we have, but there's not enough revenue to continue to buy, bring in more people. So how are you guys managing and balancing working in the business versus outselling, working on the business. How are you guys dividing that up with your team? I know we struggle with it. 
Yeah, it's a struggle. And I, anyone who says they didn't, they don't struggle with it is probably lying. Right? It's a catch-22 always, though, because to, to your point, like you're growing and you bring on staff and that staff is to bring on more money or to grow and expand and, and ultimately increase revenue. The problem with increased revenue means increased resources, which ultimately means increased spend. Right. So like your revenue goes up, but then your spending goes up. Your revenue goes up. You're never realistically going to get to a point where your revenue will when you're huge. Right. But you never realistically get to a point where you're just revenue and you have all the resources because the more revenue you have, presumably the more resources you're going to need to keep that revenue happening. And for us, it's, I feel lucky that we have this staff where, you know, to be previous thing, like when we hire or we bring on, I'm just about as brutally honest as I can. This is going to be a grind. This is going to suck from time to time. You're also going to have a lot of fun from time to time. But this isn't traditional. Take a job and I'm going to pay you every two weeks. Like you are going to run in a million different directions. We're going to ask you to do things that you're going to hate doing. We're going to ask, we're going to put more on your plate than you're probably getting paid for. The idea is that ultimately we can pay more in the future. Like we can grow this thing collectively. And so I just try to be as brutally honest so that if at the end of the day, they say, no, this isn't for me. Cool. Like I've weeded them out and at least they don't get into thinking this is something that it isn't. And so that's what we do. We put a lot on people, but for me also as a leader, I'm very much of, Hey, like I'm going to put a lot on you, but tell me if you can't do it and I'll pick up the slack. I don't expect you to overburden right. yourself. So if there are things that I can do that, that I can help you, like always come to me and ask that. And if I can do it, I'll do it. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think there's a lot to be said that I think early on in business, we're, I don't want to say convincing, but we're getting them to buy in at, and they're not paying us to come work for us per se, but they're going to be paying us with time because we can't have probably pay them what they're freaking worth. So come take a bet with us that this thing is really going to jump off the rails. And I've had mentors and things like me say, tell me I'm an ass when I tell people to come take a bet with us. I'm like, Dude, this thing's going to work. It's going to go big as hell. I need people that are going to buy into what we're building and want to come run with this and get into that mindset and that mode that the more all of us win, the more all of us freaking win. And that, and people got to have piece of the pie too, and at least in my style of business, right? And so there's places you can play with equity and things like that to help yep. people understand that there's a larger entity here. There's something more that you're driving towards. And so when people... Most of the time, if it's not their company or in, in any capacity, their company in any way, they, they would struggle to to see that holistic picture. Whereas like equity is like, hey, like you now kind of have a piece of, of this company where you're working towards a piece of this company because you have to invest someone up. And so that's helped, especially internally here, just helping people understand like they're driving towards something other than just a paycheck every two weeks. Which is sometimes hard to interview for. It's hard to get people to say, hey, they're going to come in and do more than it's expected of them. And I can hear all the HR and the freaking people coming at me right now that you can't ask people to do more than it's expected of them. But the truth of the matter is in small business, there's no place to hide. There's right. so much shit that's got to get done and there's never enough manpower. And it's not like a situation where... We were a big conglomerate and we downsized and now we're going to give you more things to do. Right, it's right, it's right. the opposite. Of that. We're on the grow, right? So on the grow, there's constantly going to be new things. Hell, I run customer service most times for the company. So, right, right, you know. Because yeah. um, you have to. You do what's necessary to make the business run. Um, the other thing, too, I find is it's a really good opportunity to find so we talk about the grind and like people being willing to do that, but it's a really good opportunity to find somebody that you 
believe in, who's not experienced, but you know that they want to put in the grind and they want to hustle and they want to put yeah. themselves because they, and it's a good opportunity there because A, you can teach them what you want to teach them and how to do it and be like, it's cool. We'll take care of you. But you got to come in here and, and prove yourself, right? And it's been a good opportunity for us to bring in some, some, some lower level talent with little industry experience and train them up and they're super hard workers and they've worked out phenomenally for us. They just, they bust ass, they're hardcore and over time we're able to start taking care of them more and more. We're able to mold them a little bit more than so after a senior level person. Yeah, I, I would rather hire, to your point, the more of the culture fit and, and more of a passion fit versus talent early on. We'll see what happens down the line as we continue to grow. But right now, good is good enough for me in that realm. If, you, if you've got, you see with the vision we're trying to accomplish, you're hungry and you've got a little bit of hustle to your ass, then let's get after it. Now, I'll tell you, I've been more surprised by people who I wasn't sure was going to be able to run and giving them a few bits of advice and watching them freaking flourish, man. And you're like, holy shit, I did not see that coming. But they are completely taken off. And you're like, all right, cool. Let's ride this one for a little while and see what else we can give them and how do we continue to feed this. It's Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. Like when you're like when you just don't expect it and then they're just they're killing it here. So whoa, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. But I'm really glad because the alternative would suck. Are you guys investing heavily in marketing and things at this point? Because we're just starting really down that realm. For us, it's really been the word of mouth game as we grow using the podcast and things. And we're just starting down the path of marketing and really start spending some advertising spending stuff. Yeah, I think marketing is is an absolute necessity for growth in some capacity. I think some people do more marketing than they need to. Some people do less. For a long time, we just used Maverick. We just had Maverick pumping out activity for us, and, and we were getting deals from that. And then obviously, naturally, from there, referrals come in and stuff like that. So we did start doing marketing last year. We spent a decent amount of marketing and tips to get into social and some of that stuff. And so Reese still does a lot of that stuff for us and does a really good job. We haven't spent a ton of time on SEO dollars or any ad spend or anything like that to date. Not to say that we won't. I just, it's hard with a a product like ours or a software like ours to, an ad spend is difficult, right? Because people need to see the product and what it does and you have to hit the right market and it's pretty saturated for the most part. The social stuff has been invaluable to us, just getting posts on there constantly, unsure because we're constantly posting stuff and I think it's, right. it's great. But just being on there, brand awareness, people being aware and seeing what we're doing. Marisa does a really good job throwing some of that stuff. And then it's really about also the content that we're putting in front of people after the fact too, within our sales cycle. So we have some good marketing content that goes there. But so to kind of answer the question, I don't, we don't spend a crap load on marketing, but we spend, we, we've definitely invested in it and we'll continue to do that. Yeah, because... For us, we're going, we're fixing to start going down the ads route. It's just the volume of things you got to do when you start going after ads is insane. I started doing them for the summit and I was like, holy shit, this shit's expensive, right? Because it's just amazing how fast that money will churn, especially if you're still learning. Because I up to this point, it's really been 100% on personal brand. Me getting my butt out there, like LinkedIn, of course, been my... I, grew 9,000 followers on LinkedIn this year just by showing up every day and putting out freaking content and engaging. And I'm like, I can't expect anybody else in the company to do the volume I'm doing. So what's the next lever that 
we need to start pulling to really start ramping up that volume. And what does that look like? And of course, Alex Hermosi just did his big ass book launch and all that crap. And so yeah. I've been, we're looking through that. And as we're looking at his ad strategy, 300 different ads, they're freaking testing to get the ads dialed in. I'm like, that's three different hundred, there are 300 different graphics, 300 different text. That my head hurts just thinking about the volume of that. Yeah. And I'd be curious, like what it yields. I'm sure it yields a lot, but it's it's a ton of content, but I'd be curious, like what the one that one is. And Kevin just walked me through, he laid out. He's with that model. They're basically doing a three to one. So they'll spend what it costs them to get one, but they'll get three return on it, a three X return on it, which is a pretty familiar. I'd make the heck that bet. I'd take that all day long. But he also says he's got companies that are 20 X return off the yeah. cost to get one. And the cost, I think, really is the amount. What's the amount you have to spend to get that model working? Right. So how much do I go to invest up front? To get the cost of one gets me three to 10 coming back in. How long does that process? If you got to test 300 ads, not only you got to come up with the ads, you got to come up with the copy, the writing, everything else. How much are you going to spend per ad? Is a hundred bucks per ad a realistic thing? Is a thousand bucks per ad? Yeah. Because it all all costs money to put that stuff together. And I think that's part of the problem with marketing them in general and that people struggle with it so much, including myself, is because there's going to be this kind of upfront spend without mm. having any understanding of what the return is until you get the return. But there's always this upfront. Even if it's on SEO, it's cool. We're going to spend a couple of grand to get SBO, SEO in a good spot, get us where we need to be, blah, blah, blah. And then nine months later, we're going to see a return on that. Right. And that right. return might be huge, but it's nine months later. Right. right. So. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know if you, I've been burned by getting marketing firms. We hired a marketing firm. I gave them a shit ton of money. And next thing they came back and we were expecting full campaigns, full executions and the like. And they came back with basically it was a PDF, but a binder of they redid my logo, which is this crappy thing that I didn't freaking. They gave me some new fonts we should be using. I'm like, what the fuck did I just pay for? Uh, (laughs) For real. And I think as a small business owner, you got to weigh damn near every penny to go, okay, where do we allocate? What do we spend in here? What am I willing to lose taking this bet and gamble? And to your point, nine month return is that that for a small business that hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to visualize. It's hard to put in your head. Business development isn't a whole lot different, except for it's probably a little bit faster for returning and you can correlate it a lot better in terms of like your output. A lot of averages are always going to eventually figure themselves out. But yeah, that, that marketing piece, I think, is the, the hardest part for people. That's the same token. Like people try to go to marketing, they spend a crap load of money, probably a little bit of maybe what you did, is we're going to do this and then this will be a silver bullet and we'll start getting these and it's going to be awesome. And then they turn around and they're like, well, what the fuck did they just pay for, right? And they have, right. they have no idea, right? When the reality is, I think just in general, what people lack when they're starting business and when they're small, when they do fail that 90%, I think a lot of time, and I talk about this all the time, is just literally doing a Yep. Like people are just so adverse to just digging in and doing the work on their own. There is no silver bullet. There's no whatever. There's a ton of different tools and stuff that's going to help you. But at the end of the day, you still got to do the work. Yep. And I'll tell you, for me, I've actually stopped consuming business knowledge, business teaching, business class. I've turned off most social media because I think you get so much input 
from, hey, try this, go this direction. Hey, you should do this thing and this thing that at some point you just get scattered because there's so much crap coming at you of different things you should be trying. <clears throat> but I will tell you going after and looking at a lot of those different programs, I've learned that I have to ask the hard question of every vendor that comes in and get them to really explain and set my expectations because in my head, if I hire somebody, it's run and gun and this thing should turn on tomorrow and I should start getting results yeah. right now. Yeah. Right. And I like recently I hired somebody to come in to help us with a, a small email campaign and I'm like, good to go. Here's the stuff, rock and fire. Let's take off. And a week later, I send a message. I'm like, how's the emails going? Are they rocking? Are they good? No response. Friggin', I'm like, all right. So it goes another week, no response. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? So I finally send an, another email off. I'm getting ready to start getting on the phone because it's two weeks and I get the message back. Hey, sorry, I've been moving. The emails are starting now. And I'm like, where in the process did I forget to ask when's this shit starting, right? But it, it's things like that. You don't know to ask certain questions until you go through a crappy experience to be able to say, this is the things that I've got to ask on every call so I can really set the groundwork and we're all on the same page. And the same token, I've bought things knowing there's a good chance they're not going to work just to go through the experience. Yep. Like I hired a company to do cold calls for the summit, right? And I didn't pay a whole lot of money. I paid, I think, $2,500 for them to go start doing cold calls for the summit. Yep. And I did the whole experience because I wanted to see, could we go completely cold out to a market and find some wins. So for me, it was a complete test because if it worked, then I'm like, okay, cool. Where else do we apply this to the company? If not, it was a $2,500 gamble that I was okay willing to take that risk and lose yeah, those you're funds. you're probably going to get something from it. Yeah. So as you're continuing on, what's the, how do you keep like the vision for you evolving? Because I, I think some days I really struggle to keep it on the rails. I know what I want to do, but patience kicks my ass and shiny object syndrome creeps in there as well. How are you keeping your shit on the rails and your vision going in the right direction? So the short answer is I don't. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm losing track of it all the time. I, I honestly, I think it goes back to a couple of things. So one is what you said before, is just go and fuck up. Like for me, just doing shit and fucking up teaches me so much. And sometimes I'll do stuff understanding that it probably isn't the right direction. As long as it doesn't impact the business as a whole, like I'll still go do it because I want to learn the impact of it and how it impacts our customers or how it impacts our product and, and product development or customer success or whatever it is. The other part is like just digging in and going. So I learned so much more about the business when I, when I've immersed myself in business. Like, so sometimes when I take a step back and I'm like, where are we? Where's the next path? Whatever. I will go sell like that's I'll go get really aggressive in my selling and I'll go sell and I'll go start talking to customers. I'll start going through that process again. And I'll start learning about the conversations and what people are hitting back with me and then what I'm hearing and what I'm, and then that's okay, cool. Now I have my next direction, right? Like I'm going to go in this direction now because I literally just busted ass for the last 30 days, hardcore selling. And I learned all this information. So now I know all this stuff needs to happen. And I just said it, but again, doing the work, like literally getting in and doing the work will teach you so much because you just, you'll start to be like, oh shit. If you have staff, oh shit, this is hard for my staff. Obviously it's hard for me. This must be hard for my staff. So let's make it better. Right. right. How do we fix or, that? Yeah. 
Yeah. If, obviously, if it's difficult for me, it's got to be difficult for others. Same with customers, right? If I'm using my product and I'm using my product to sell or whatever, then I can say, oh, shit, this is hard for me. Obviously, it's hard for my customers. And so, or, oh, if this is a shitty experience for me, then obviously it's a shitty experience for my customers. And so a lot of times, just those things help me drive in the direction that I need to go because you do get stacked and you sit back. I know there's a million things, but which one's most important, which needs to happen. Um, and for me, I, I've always tried to tell people, just do anything. And, and I think a lot of people are like, well, if it's not generating revenue, then it's not worth it. That's, that's bullshit, right? You need to have, there's tons of operational stuff that happens in business. Do any one task that helps your business in some capacity and just start knocking off. And by doing the tasks that help the business, that, that will create things in your brain as to prioritization. Because you'll start to do things and be like, oh, this is really difficult to yeah, no, I agree with that. And and I think the getting it after it from the sales perspective and getting in the trenches on sales calls, because some of the I'll just go the best content I've been able to happen is because it was something that happened in a sales conversation, a networking conversation, right? It pops up and they ask a question or something you've never been asked. And you're like, oh, that's a good yep. one. And that becomes the next thing. Okay, if they're asking it, somebody else is asking it. So that becomes yep. something out there to continue to play around with. Yeah, it's and including like emails that come back to you, like people selling into me. Like I take those emails all the time. I'm like, I really like this email, and I'll implement it because it worked again. I just assume, and it might be a dumb assumption, but I just assume if it's happening to me and I have a feeling about it, then it's happening to other people. And right? So if I get an email and I really like that email. Chances are, if I send an email similar to that about my product, somebody else is going to like it. I do that on LinkedIn all the time, man. If I see a post that I'm like, ooh, that's really freaking good. It's not about ripping off their stuff. It's going, okay, if it works for them, how do I reformat that to my world? It obviously works. Reuse it. 100%. But for me, anybody that's telling me that they're not, they don't know what they're doing, they're not successful, and they can't figure it out, I'm just, my number one answer is going to be like, go sell. Yes. Go sell what you're trying for everybody. And I don't mean just, oh, I do business. No, you don't. Like you occasionally go sell. Spend 30 or 60 days every day that you come in, all you're doing is selling. And you will learn everything that you need to learn. For, for you, what do you consider those activities? What are those specific activities you're doing? When you say go sell, is that cold calling? Is that connecting on LinkedIn? What specifically are they doing? Yeah, both. So it can be anything. It depends on the tools that you have, right? So Maverick for us makes it really diff- easy, excuse me, because Maverick does. The, the it doesn't make it fine. difficult. It makes it easy. <laughs> if you don't have Maverick, it makes it more difficult. But Maverick does the research of the prospects and the initial outbound for us. So that runs, right? So then it's a matter of doing the work with, okay, I'm going to go and look who's engaging in my content. The most. And then I'm going to go into LinkedIn and I'm going to send them a message. Hey, I sent you an email. Like, obviously LinkedIn might be a better resource to, to connect with you. Thought I would try here. And then Steve will, put, Steve will go through his opens. Literally, he can't tell you how many phone calls he's gotten up this, but he'll go through his top opens in Africa. People are engaged in most. Pick up the phone, call them. Hey, sorry, you are engaged in my content. You don't know me about Maverick for my emails, blah, blah, blah. And he'll get called. So when I talk about like selling, like spending time actually selling, for people that don't have Maverick, it's doing your follow-ups, doing task management, making sure you're reaching out to people two months later, three months later, multiple emails, doing your research, finding those prospects. It's a lot. And again, that's why Maverick was built because it is a lot and, and we hope to help with that. But even if you don't have a tool like Maverick, it, it's an absolute necessity. You just have to do those mundane shitty things. I got to build a lead list. I got to have a ton of activity. I got to follow up with people constantly. 
And I have to like, and I just have to be on her ball all the time in my sales cycle. Um, it's the only way you're going to grow. I, yeah, dude, if one thing for me that sums that up is discipline because it's literally doing all the things. Somebody taught me a trick on LinkedIn the other day and I'm like, fuck, why didn't I think about that before? But all they yeah. do is they continue to put out content, get more followers and engagement, and then they go and check their profile to see who's all following them or who's all viewed their profile. And if they match their freaking avatar, the, their ideal client, they just connect and they're striking. I'm like, what the fuck was that nine months ago? All the buildup and everything. So now I'm, but because it, for me, it's a new behavior to go look and see who's viewed my profile and start connecting from there. I'm, I'm like, I have to go back and remind myself like, dude, go check and see who's viewed your damn profile to get the habit in play. And I think that's the hardest part of sales is getting the rhythm getting the routine and be disciplined enough to do that crap. So having Maverick that'll do a lot of things on the front end freaking makes that real. And I'll let's be honest, the recon portion of Maverick is one of my favorite damn things on the front end. So walk them through how recon works because it's pretty damn brilliant. Yeah. So when you're selling, there's three components that are required for, for successful business development, right? There's a have to have constant activity. That's just the reality. I have to be consistent in constant activity. Law of averages tell me the more people I reach out to, the more conversation, the more activity, the more business, right? The second thing is I need to be diligent and consistent in my follow-up. Vast majority of people are not buying from me right now. Doesn't mean they're not buying, just means they're not buying from me right now. Yeah. So that means you have to follow up with them and you have to reconnect with them, re-engage with them again and again and again and again, right? Even the people that, that might be interested are like, hey, I'm not interested to Q4. Okay, I got to be diligent with that Q4 follow-up. That's the only way you're going to find the business. And then the third thing is in order to do those two things, I have to lead lists. I have to build lists and go find contact information, emails or phone numbers. Or whatever, right? And so that's the recon portion of it. Maverick solves all of those. But the recon portion is like, hey, here's my target buyer. I want companies that live within these industries. And then I want companies that fall within these headcounts, these geographical locations, if, if that's needed, these revenue requirements, if that's needed. And then I want people with all these title keywords in it, sales, business development, demand generation, whatever it might be, right? So that's obviously for us. And then they must live in these seniority levels, right? C-level, BP, or whatever. And then you tell Maverick to go. And Maverick goes out and researches and finds and scrubs the internet and starts compiling lists for you that have phone numbers, and emails, and you know, Twitter, and Facebook, or LinkedIn, or whatever, Right. And then it pulls it and dumps it in the hangar for you. And from there, you can take your action or you can tell Maverick, hey, automatically every day, actually drop these people into a sequence and start sending. And so that's what I'm saying. Like the hardest parts and what people, so time consuming, like, even the best reps out there struggle is because that's my, for me to do that, I have to spend a significant amount of time in there researching and yep. finding and listing. Yeah, go ahead. No, I would say I, I literally was teaching a group of people how to do cold calls not too long ago. And the gal was doing the rookie thing of researching and cold calling at the same time. She's, it takes me three or four hours to get four calls in and because you're sitting there researching, trying to and do it all at the same time. I said for her, I was like, dude, you got to sit down, build the list and then go. And for me, that's the cool thing about recon is it literally goes and builds a list for you. So you can put it into all the automation side of things. So you're not yeah. delayed in, in doing the activities and it can completely run in the background for you. So yeah, and it's consistent. 
Yeah, exactly. It's consistent and constant. That, those are the keywords that I always go with. And you actually talked about it too. It's like consistency, right? And, and structure, like you have to be consistent with it. And so I would always tell people that used to work for me. I even do now if they don't like put it in your calendar. So if you're going to do sales, block off every day, the half part of your day and put it in your calendar. So that way when it pops up, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going over to sales. And so those tasks that we talked about, that's what you're doing during that time. But, but Maverick, but that's why reps and why business owners, for that matter, have the ebb and the flow, right? My, my end is I have to do all of this research and spend time, and then I have to map them the emails or whatever. And then my flow is all that work is coming to fruition, so now I have deals on the pipeline. So the problem with the ebb and the flow is when I'm in flow, I'm not researching. And when I'm in, and so you're always in ebb and flow. You're always in ebb and flow because you don't have anything consistent that's just happening all the time. And so that's what makes it so powerful. But regardless, again, whether you have that, it's an absolute requirement to do those simple sales, to do those mundane sales tasks if you want to be successful. Dude, and, and to that point, I think that your top reps in the world are okay salespeople. They're badass at business development, which is all the reach outs, all the follow ups, all the things, because it's those who can have the discipline to do that stuff on a daily, regular basis that win the game. And most people are like, okay, I'm going to do LinkedIn today. They try it for a day. Okay, that sucked. I'm not going to do that. Okay, now I'm going to go do emails. They go down that path. They never pick even just one freaking mechanism and say, this is the thing I'm going to do every day come hell or high water. Yep. So they never get good at it, then they never win. Yeah, but you're 100% right. I, I'm, the, I'm of the same belief. Like I, when people are like, oh, I'm really good at sales, I'm like, okay. Like, are you good at sales yeah. or are you good at order taking? Right. Like, are you, right? And that's a legitimate question because if you're really good at closing business, then you're a good order taker and you can close business. Congratulations. If you cannot hunt and go find business from thin air, to me, that is not the epitome of sales, right? Absolutely. Selling is making somebody want to have a conversation with you and then buy. 100%. And I, I look at somebody even like an Alex Ramosi. Alex is a ridiculous closer. He's a yep. phenomenal freaking marketer. I'm betting yep. he's not the greatest sales guy. He's got the process and system down where people are coming in already with an expectation to buy sitting across from. Those real salesperson, I'm not knocking Alex either, by the way, but those real salespeople... They're 100% going out and find somebody who's likely never heard of your name, never heard of your product, never heard of your service, right? Not been necessarily exactly. looking for it and can get them to go, huh, let's have a conversation and talk about that and bring their own stuff back in. That's yep. that, that it, it's a talent and it's what separates the best of the best from everybody else who washes out or quits. Yep, it really is because you're always going to be okay with the grind and you're always going to be okay with the nose. You just, you got to get through a billion nose and people are going to suck. They're going to be assholes and it is what it is. And, you know, and if you're unwilling to just get through those things, um, then I just don't think that you can realistically ever have a successful business at the end of the day. And probably the most impressive kid I've ever seen sell in my life. I tried to teach him in sales and he surpassed what I could teach him so damn fast and saying, we were doing kickboxing classes together, <clears throat> and literally I got there about 15 minutes before classes were going to start. I pull up, and here's Austin sitting in his truck, cold calling. And he's just, I'm like, yeah, that kid. And at 5 o'clock, he shuts everything down, goes spend time. The dude closed earlier this year, closed a $12 million contract with 7-Eleven. 
but it's because between eight to five, dude, he is straight on it. Yeah, if he's gonna down, oh, it's really when I when I was doing digital agency stuff, my average deal size, I had a seven million dollar quota, and my or every quarter rather, so my quarterly quota was seven million dollars, and so like my average deal size was like six to nine million dollars, and it took me eleven. Nine to 11 months to close each one. Comes right? a beating. But it's just, an, it's 20 different people. But when in the digital world, you have so little, so small amount of people that are going to spend that kind of money on these, on, on revamps of their website and stuff or revamps of their digital structure. So the grind was just astronomical. Granted, like once a deal or two closed, like it was awesome, right? Because you spend so much time on it, you're making money. But to get one person to even have a conversation with to potentially have you redo their stuff and spend millions of dollars with you was was one of the hardest things I've ever had to mm. do. And it was just a constant grind. And funny enough, though, the premise of Maverick and how it's built now was the process I put in for myself. So I didn't like I didn't have Maverick during that time, obviously, because I hadn't built it yet. But I put that process into place because to your point, you got to have a process and you got to be diligent with it. So I created a process that every single day that I come into work, this is the process that I follow. And it allowed me. To so basically it allows you to be lazy as hell and let this do the work for you. So you can just show up and be the closer. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Totally. <laughs> Where the hell was that for most of my sales career? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like it gives you the front part, right? So right? now I can just like do some of the other stuff. But yeah, no, I wish that I had had that. I wish that I had that. Yeah. It was like, I look back now. I think that's every salesperson's wet dream is to show up and there's a freaking line of people looking to purchase your stuff because either marketing finally got dialed in or something like Maverick app got them all dialed in. I, I don't know, I keep talking about Hermosi, but Hermosi talks about he's done over 4,000 sales calls. Of course you have. You sat in a gym and people just walked in your fucking door, right? right of course right. you've done that many yeah. that sales calls. Yeah. And, and if you can't make that close, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Then, then there's something really wrong, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So. But it's interesting because like, I always talk about the value of, of Maverick and the value of a tool like Maverick is not the yeses, right? So you're talking about it'd be cool to have the list of people. It's actually the no's. And the reason that it's a no's is because imagine the amount of time that I would put in to find and send a contact to that person for him to tell him or her to tell me to fuck off. Yeah, no kidding. That's a great right? point. Like, so it's, it is like the yeses come, but it's the no's that are valuable to me because I would have spent so much time reaching out to these people and researching them just for them to tell me to fuck off if they want to buy from. Dude, and you know how many people's pipelines that I've sat across from and, and be like, hey, let's go through it. What's the chance of this one closing? And it's filled full of so much shit that it's like, yeah. hey, call me fourth quarter and all these slough off and all the other thing else. So we had to start teaching like, look, dude, go straight for the no out the gate and let's get this yes. shit over with. And the fact that you can automate that on the front end is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, huge. That's yeah, huge. it's cool. And, and that kind of just came to me one day because I was like, man, like, I'm, cause I'm trying to think of like how to explain. I'm like, no, I, the value is literally in the no's. The amount of time I would have had to spend to get that no. Yeah, you guys should totally turn that into a marketing campaign and really double yeah. down on that because that, that's a real thing. Because I'm thinking of even with sales training, I had a freaking sales cycle that was pretty intense. And sometimes upwards of a year, maybe two, oftentimes within six months, go through all of that. And even sometimes I'm going, okay, this 
we're going out to bid. I'm like, what? Where the fuck did the two other vendors come from? Yeah, <laughs> we're going through this now. There's other people on the table. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we probably will turn it into something uh, for sure. But. That's awesome, brother. We could do this shit all day long. How do people find you? How do they f- f- find more about Maverick App? How do they get this stuff dialed into their world? Yeah, I'll be at uh, Badass Business Summit. I'd love to, to chat there, but I will uh, also Brent uh, or Brent at MaverickApp.io. You can get in touch with me right away directly or MaverickApp.io. Uh, you can look at some information there as well. So, uh, but or hit me up on LinkedIn. I like I love meeting new people. Yeah, for sure. And this isn't a paid endorsement. Brent and I have become buddies, but we've been using Maverick App for quite a damn while. Highly recommend the product and get your butts out there to go check it out, dude. Thanks for hanging out with sure, me. Yeah and doing this and guys if you hung out with us this long do us a favor take a screenshot wherever you're listening to this thing tag me and brent in this and we'll come comment wherever the hell you tag us in this just let us know where the hell you're listening to this that would mean the world to us otherwise guys love you mean it see you bye when i created success champions it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business Yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as success champions.